0: Well, I want to say good morning to to everybody here in our Bethel campus, to those of you who are watching online today, and also in our campuses in Waterbury, New Milford, and in Derby. If you are new or watching online today, new, my name is Brian, and I'm one of the lead pastors. You just saw uh, Adam up here if you're online, and then uh, alongside Pastor Craig as well, we serve as... Our, our lead pastors here. It's just such a privilege to step into this new year as we've been in this theme year called Heaven on Earth. And today we're gonna to start a sermon series that I'm particularly really excited about because I believe the Lord has a lot for us in this season. I love the fact that we're stepping into these 40 days to celebrate God's faithfulness to us as a church, but can I just say, he's not done with us yet. No, he's not done with us yet. And so as we celebrate his faithfulness to us, we're gonna be asking him to empower us now so that we can have another 40 years. Now, I might not be here, I don't know, but my kids will. Another 40, 50, 60 years of bringing heaven to earth. That's what we wanna see. I love how in the beginning of this year we did this sermon series called Home Sweet Home. We spent about 12 weeks concentrating on heaven, I had never done that before. The past year, I've been studying all about heaven. It's been such an uplifting thing. I hope that you found that in the beginning of this year as we talked and discussed and placed our hearts and our minds on heaven, that your hope was renewed. Was it at all? Was your hope renewed a bit? Knowing where we're going, knowing what Jesus is preparing for us, what an amazing thing. Well, now as we enter this new year, we want to kind of begin to to shift a little bit and begin to ask ourselves, how do we bring heaven to earth today? You know, I can remember at at one point I um, had my car broken into and uh, the window was shattered and at the time, you know, we didn't have phones that connected to our sound system. So I had one of those super cases of compact discs. CD, anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody online, if you know what a CD, di- you know, compact disc, Dolby surround sound, this stuff was amazing, just full of CDs, and and, and they were all stolen. I remember, though, the window was shattered. You know, I'm, I'm guessing whoever stole that was hoping there'd be good music in there. But, um, you know, there was good music, but it probably wasn't what they were expecting. You know, pages of Michael W. Smith and DC Talk and, you know... Cademan's call you know they were they were uh, putting those maybe they're Christians now because they broke in to my car But they shattered the window and I remember you know at the time I didn't have the money to to pay for that window right away. I had to save up for it So, you know, I I got a, a black trash bag and I taped it to the window And and I drove the car still with that trash bag in the window and I did it for months and I gotta say it was Embarrassing it was a little inconvenient But I was still able to drive the car. Now, there's another time where I was driving with one of my friends, and and my wife will, will, will convict me of this because I often like to bring, in fact, I need gas in my car right now. Like, right now, I need gas. But I like to bring it right to the end. And we were doing this, and all of a sudden, the car ran out of gas. Now, here's the thing. When it ran out of gas is that it was useless without gas. I couldn't drive it. I still had the black trash bag on the window, by the way, when I was cruising around with the, with the broken window, but when there was no gas, I couldn't drive the car. It was impossible. You know, sometimes I think when it comes to the role and the person of the Holy Spirit, we might tend to think that we can just travel through life without the Holy Spirit like a broken window. It still works. Life still functions. But actually, it's more like not having any gas in the tank. It's impossible. How are you to live the Christian life without Christ in you? This is the Holy Spirit. Here's what I want to do today as we enter in this 12-week season of focusing on the Holy Spirit is I want to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? I wonder if you've had a good introduction to the Holy Spirit who is the Holy Spirit? Because I believe that when we learn who the Holy Spirit is, we're gonna have this hunger for more of the Spirit in our life. And that's when heaven is gonna come to earth. You wanna see heaven come to earth? It's impossible. Impossible without the Spirit of Christ Jesus within you. Jesus Himself tells us that you can do nothing apart from me. We need the Spirit of God. We should eagerly desire the Holy Spirit. But who is the Holy Spirit? Do you know the story of the Spirit starts in the very beginning. The Holy Spirit has always been. There's never been a time when the Holy Spirit wasn't. In fact, in the very beginning of our scriptures, the Holy Spirit is there. In Genesis chapter 1, as God is forming the earth. The Holy Spirit is there. In chapter 1, it says how the things of the earth were kind of in chaos. There was darkness. It was without form. But the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And it was the Spirit of God that brought order out of chaos. Oh, can anybody testify to that? Does the Spirit of God still do that today? Brings order out of chaos. How many of you have been had been living a life that was chaotic, that was out of control, that was far from God, but then finally when you, you surrendered, and you finally said, Lord Jesus, be the king of my life. Spirit, I will follow you. Did all of a sudden order come out of chaos? He's still doing it today. You turn to one more chapter in chapter two of, of Genesis and you see the spirit again. Now God is creating humanity. And he, he takes the dust of the earth and he creates the first man. But, but it's really nothing until God does what? Breathes life into the human. It says that God, he took the dust of the earth and he, he, he breathed life into Adam. And once God breathed in Adam, he became alive. This word breath in the Hebrew is this word ruach. It's also the word used for spirit. And so the spirit of God is the breath of God. It's the life-giving power of God. You want to be alive in God? You need the Ruach of God, the Holy Spirit, the, the breath of God that awakens you into all the things of God. I love that our God gives us life through his spirit, you know, Sadly, I think, though, the Holy Spirit is often ignored, misunderstood, and sometimes resisted. And maybe for many of us, we've, we've ignored the Holy Spirit because, quite frankly, it's just kind of weird. Maybe your experience has been a bit... Weird. It's hard to to understand, and so you just kind of ignored the Holy Spirit. I'll just kind of, listen, the Father, I understand that. I'm good with that. Jesus, I get it. I'm good with that. But the Holy Spirit, quite frankly, that's a little bit odd. I'm not quite sure. And we just kind of ignore the Spirit. Or maybe you have a misunderstanding of the Spirit. You know, in in, in some of the translations, the earlier translations, the Holy Spirit's called what? The Holy Spirit ghost. I mean, come on. That's spooky, right? This is kind of like, what is this? Some, some kind of like Scooby-Doo scenario, right? It's like, what are you talking about? The holy, like, ghost that seems like odd, ah, doesn't it? Or maybe you have this understanding that the Holy Spirit is just this force that you tap into, almost like, you know, Star Wars or something like this, like this, this force that's, that's kind of out there, Maybe there's this misunderstanding that actually the Holy Spirit is a personal being that walks with you day in and day out. Or maybe we resist the work of the Spirit. And we do that as humans, don't we? The Bible teaches us that the flesh will always war against the Spirit. Why? Because I like to have control. And I like to maintain control. And I like to be able to have my life kind of ordered and set the way that I want it. Quite frankly, when I hear about the Holy Spirit coming and convicting and transforming and changing and calling me to all these things, well, that feels like I'm out of control. And so we resist. And I think Christians have been pretty good throughout the years of resisting change. Humans have, in general, but the church too. I once heard this story of a a pastor who wanted to move the piano from one side of the church to the other side. But he knew that this would cause great confusion and angst amongst his congregation. So he decided to move it one foot every week. So about 52 weeks after the end of the year, that piano was on the other side of the church. (laughs) We resist change. But this is what the Holy Spirit comes to do, to to do a great work within us. This is the Holy Spirit. I wanna introduce you to the Holy Spirit today who was there from the very beginning, who breathed life into humanity. As you look through the Old Testament, you see the Spirit of God upon many different people. And the Spirit of God comes upon people for great tasks and, and wonderful things to point to God. You see the Holy Spirit upon people like Abraham and Moses. You see uh, the Holy Spirit upon this man named Gideon, who was really not much of anything until the Holy Spirit settled upon him. You see the Holy Spirit settle upon this judge named Deborah. You see the Holy Spirit fill Elizabeth. You see the Holy Spirit come upon this man named Bezalel, an artist that went to design and create and, and, and build the temple. The Holy Spirit would come upon his people. Do you know the Holy Spirit is a gift to us and a promised gift. God is a God of covenants. He makes covenants with his people. You know, This is the faith, faithfulness of God is that he's always been with us. He's covenanted with us from the beginning of time, even when we have fallen and in the Old Testament, he gives a covenant to people like Abraham, to Moses, later to David. And it was this covenant of these laws and these way, this way to, to walk with the Lord. You remember the Ten Commandments written on tablets. Follow these things, and I will be your God, and you will be my people, you will be my children. The problem with that is that constantly people failed, And so finally, the Lord, through a prophet, gave a new covenant. A new covenant is coming. He gave it to the prophet Jeremiah. Later, he would give it to the prophet Joel, where now his presence was going to come in a brand new way, that no longer were these laws going to be written on tablets, but he was actually going to write them on our hearts. That he was going to make us into a new creation, give us new hearts. That he was going to gift us with his presence in a brand new way. That actually his presence would indwell within his people. He gave this word to the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2. You can read about it. And this is just a word from God and Joel the prophet spoke it out. And this is what God said through Joel. I will pour out my spirit upon all people this promised gift that was going to come, I will. Hey, when God says I will, we better listen. I will pour out, he's not gonna hold back. He wants you to experience his presence in in fullness. I will pour out whose spirit? His spirit, my spirit, this is the spirit of God. This is God come to dwell within us. I will pour out my spirit upon some of the select people on this planet. No, upon all people who place their belief in my son, Jesus Christ. All people can have this gift, this promised gift that's to come. There are about 400 years of what was called silence before Jesus' birth. But then, Jesus, in his birth, Breaks the silence. Trumpets sound at the birth of Jesus. And all of a sudden there's this increased activity of the Spirit. Pretty much everybody who was around the birth of Jesus was filled with the Spirit. Did you ever catch that? Even people who weren't born yet. (laughs) Mary walks into the presence of Elizabeth who's pregnant with John the Baptist. And the baby within her leaps and is filled with the Spirit of God. Mary herself was... Filled with the Spirit. The Spirit came upon her. Elizabeth, her cousin, was filled with the Holy Spirit. It seems like wherever Jesus went, people were filled with the presence of God. And this was the ministry of Jesus as he announced this new kingdom, this new way of living, this new covenant that God was making with his people. That all of a sudden his presence was coming very close. Jesus himself was a man completely filled with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God descended on him at his baptism in the form of a dove. It was the Spirit of God who took him into the wilderness. And then he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Jesus moved in the Spirit. And then Jesus foretold about the gift that was going to be given to his disciples. Listen, there's somebody that's coming. There's an advocate that's coming. Listen, I'm gonna go, but don't you worry. I'm not leaving you as orphans. In fact, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna rise from the dead. Listen, then I'm gonna come to you. Then I'm gonna ascend into heaven, but don't worry, you're not gonna be orphans. I'm sending you the gift of my spirit. In fact, wait in this upper room. Don't go anywhere after my resurrection. Don't go anywhere until you're filled With the Spirit of God. Acts chapter 2, the people are waiting for the presence of the Spirit. And this is Pentecost, where the Spirit falls and, and fills the believers. All of a sudden, there's this great attraction to all these. But what is happening here? They're understanding the languages of other people. The power of the Spirit falls, and now they're beginning to ask, "What is that? Are you drunk? What's happening? What's all this joy? What's all this excitement? What's all this celebration? Something is different. What's going on here?" And then Peter. Gives the gospel message. This is what's happening. There's a new covenant that's been ushered in today. Finally, what God has been telling us and promising us through his prophets and now through his son Jesus has come true. He's given us this gift of the Spirit, the very presence of God, the best gift you could ever receive. But who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? I'm thankful that Jesus tells us. I gotta think Jesus is the best teacher on this subject. And he teaches us exactly who the Holy Spirit is in John's gospel. In chapter 14, in your own time, you can study chapter 16 as well as Jesus specifically speaks and teaches his disciples about the Holy Spirit. Let me read a little bit out of John 14, verses 15 through 19, And I want to just pull out some lessons that Jesus teaches about who the Holy, I want to introduce you to the Holy Spirit today. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Praise God. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his word today. Who is the Holy Spirit? Jesus teaches us that the Holy Spirit is our Advocate did you catch that word I'm sending you another advocate that's another way for Jesus to say this is God as well (laughs) listen you know the father you've now know me now I'm sending you another advocate it's 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 another one of us it's God that's that's coming in the form of our spirits another advocate you know I think we all could use an advocate right now couldn't we I could use an advocate right now. You know, the word in in Greek is parakaleo, parakaleo, another advocate. In some of your translations, it might say comforter or helper, another advocate. But let's break that word down, parakaleo. Para means to walk alongside. This Holy Spirit walks alongside us. I love the fact that it's not the Holy Spirit that walks way in front of us, Hoping that we can just keep up. No, it's the Holy Spirit that comes and walks right alongside you, right in your mess, right in your questions, right in your hurt, right in your hang up. The Holy Spirit is right there, not behind you, not way in front of you, but God has sent us an advocate who walks right alongside us. Praise God. Praise God para kaleo kaleo means to urge to persuade in some ways it's used to argue <laughs> oh i love this because listen yes we have the holy spirit who walks right alongside us but the holy spirit isn't just going to us every you know every t- hey good job buddy you're doing great good job buddy good job hey you're the best you're fantastic you're wonderful but good job buddy no sometimes the holy spirit's saying you need to get going No, you're in the wrong place right now, my friend. I'm going to urge you. I'm going to actually argue with you a little bit right now. Have you ever sensed and, and, and walked that closely with the Spirit where you actually argue a bit? No, no, no! I don't want to, No, no, no! I don't want to go. <laughs> no, 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 Lord um, Spirit, l- listen! I don't know if this is for me. You see this all the time, don't you? you see Moses doing this with God. You see it all the time. You say, no, no, no! You got the wrong person. This can't be. It's gonna be right. But the Holy Spirit is there to urge us, to urge us. This is the Advocate, and what is the Advocate advocating for? Our holiness. Advocating that we would know God. Advocating that we would actually bring heaven to earth. Not advocating that we would just have a comfortable life. No, advocating that we would experience the living Lord Jesus in our life every single day. He's our advocate. And sometimes he's prodding and arguing and urging us into mission. Urging us into his vision. Urging us into the things of God. I'm so thankful that we have a spirit who's our advocate who doesn't just let us be lazy people, but actually pushes us sometimes into the will and the ways of God. Have you experienced that before? The Holy Spirit is our advocate. In verse 16, Jesus says this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Who's the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is our faithful friend. Our faithful friend. You know, I have to imagine that being abandoned is one of the greatest hurts you could ever face. Being betrayed and abandoned. Some of you have experienced that. I have to think that that would be one of the most difficult things to face, to be abandoned. Maybe you've even experienced this over these last couple of years of a lot of uh, um, divisive kind of Culture right now, of people abandoning you or leaving you or not being your friend or more, and it, it hurts, doesn't it? And it might leave us right now in our world today wondering who can we trust? Who's gonna stand with us no matter what? Turn to the Spirit of God, friends. Scripture promises that He will never leave us. He's our faithful friend no matter what. Our promise from God is that he'll never leave us. You never have to fear being abandoned by God. In your biggest decisions, he will be there. With your biggest concerns, he will be there. In your areas of brokenness, he is there. In your hurts, in your hangups, in your habits, he is there. The Holy Spirit is your faithful friend. Verse 17, Jesus goes on, he says, He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the one who leads us to truth. I wonder, I wrote this question down, and I want you to to, to think about this and, and answer it for yourself. Where are you turning for truth right now? Where do you turn for truth? You see, friends, I think and I believe strongly that how you answer this question will determine how content you are in life. It will determine whether you carry peace and hope and joy. It will be the determining factor of whether you are a person of wisdom or not. Where are you turning for truth? Let's just say that somebody came into my office and said, hey, Pastor Brian, I needed to meet with you. Like, Great, fantastic. What's on your mind? What's going on? And, hey, Pastor Brian, I need to tell you that uh, this is sad, but I only have a few days to live. Oh, my goodness. What's happening? Well, I, you know, I only have a few days to live. I found this this lump on my arm, and and um, yeah, I I'm, I'm, only, only have a few days left. Wow, what is it? What did you determine it is? Well, you know, I... I Googled it, and um, I found out that I just only have a couple days to live. Have you seen, have you consulted a doctor? No, no, but Google has led me to these articles that I trust, and, um, and, 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 and it's, it's really sad. Go to the doctor and find out. You might have a spider bite on your arm right now. You've turned to the wrong source. Friends, i got to tell you, Google's got nothing on the Holy Spirit. Google's got nothing on the Holy Spirit. Other places that we turn have nothing on the Holy Spirit. Your pastors have nothing on the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that leads you into truth. It's the Holy Spirit that leads you into hope, that leads you into joy, that leads you into contentment, that leads you into your purpose, that leads you into your identity. It's the Holy Spirit. Yet far too often, we're turning to mediocre, false, unreliable sources for our truth without ever consulting the Holy Spirit. Who are you turning to first for truth? You know, I've been hearing a lot about folks going to what are called a life coach. And listen, I want to say, if you're a life coach, I think that's actually a really good thing. But here's what I think we need first. Not a life coach. We need a lifeline. (laughs) That's what we need. We need a lifeline to our Heavenly Father, and He's given it to us through His Spirit. Now, if you want a life coach, fine, but first go to the life line and ask your life coach to help you walk in step with your life line, the Holy Spirit. He's the one who leads us into truth. So where do you turn for your truth? Are you turning, let's this year make the Holy Spirit our first stop could we do that? What if we made the presence of God in our life, what if we made the Holy Spirit our first stop? Oh, Lord, I'm struggling with this question. Oh, Lord, I'm struggling with this person. Oh, Lord, would you give me wisdom into this situation? What if we made it our first stop? couple more things. Verse 17, Jesus says this, he is the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. The world cannot receive him. Because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives within you now and later will be in you. Friends, the Holy Spirit is a personal being, not an it. The Holy Spirit is a personal being, not an entity or an impersonal force. Throughout scripture, the Bible repeatedly testifies to the personal nature of the Holy Spirit. He thinks, he speaks, he leads people. We even read in scripture that the Holy Spirit can be saddened. These are all characteristics of a personal being. So when you interact with the Spirit, you need to understand that you're interacting and relating with a personal being. How you understand the spirit's nature will affect the way you relate to him. If you believe the spirit is simply a force within the universe, you will relate to the spirit in that way. You will kind of act like a Jedi from Star Wars. You're always trying to tap in to the force. If you believe the spirit was for yesterday, then you will neglect living a life in the spirit today. If you believe the spirit brings disorder, you'll reject and resist the spirit continuously. But once you believe the Holy Spirit is a person, it's the spirit of Christ Jesus, now all of a sudden you begin to think about it in terms of a relationship, a daily walk with the Lord. Last thing, verse 18, Jesus says this, No. I will not abandon you as orphans. Now remember, Jesus is saying this to his disciples. He's just told them, listen, I'm gonna die, but don't worry, I'm gonna rise from the dead, but then I'm gonna ascend into heaven. But now he's saying, no, 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 I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. Don't worry, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna leave you. Remember, these disciples have been following Jesus closely now for three years. They're probably wondering, well, what do, we, what do you mean? What are we gonna do on our own? Oh, don't worry, I'm not leaving you on your own. No, you don't have to worry about that for a second. No, 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 I'm not leaving you on your own, no. I will come to you. Here's what I want you to know about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. What a gift. What a gift. That God has promised to, to be in your presence, to, to dwell within you. God himself through his Spirit. You know, Jesus isn't done with his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God is with us. No, that name is very much alive. Very much alive. That although he's not here in his physical form, he's here by his spirit within us. Isn't this exciting? Isn't this exciting? This is what makes the Christian life so exciting. Now, as Christians, we often get it wrong. (laughs) But here is what's so right about it, is that we have the living Lord Jesus living within us, through the promised gift of his spirits. You know, I was at a friend's house a few years ago, and we went over for dinner, and, and my buddy came to the door, and he's like, hey, Brian, Brian, I gotta show you something. I gotta show you something. I loved, like, the excitement on his face. and he brought me down to his basement. I didn't know what we were going to see. He's like, come on, come on, come on down here. I gotta show you this. I gotta show you. We get down there, and I saw he had built a home studio, He was beginning to mix sound and and have different bands in and record, and his face just lit up this passion of his. And I had no idea that he did this. This new thing emerged in our relationship that I that finally discovered. You gotta see this, Brian. Friends, I believe that in this new year, this is what the Lord is saying to us. I gotta show you something. I gotta show you something. Would you come with me? You gotta see this. You gotta experience this. Would you just follow me? Would you just walk with me? I gotta show you something. And here's, friends, the question that I'd love for you to ask the Lord going into this new year. Lord, what do you want to show me? Lord, what do you want to reveal to me? Lord, what of your Holy Spirit do you want to show and reveal to me this year I'm here I'm open I'm ready Lord would you come friends we have a great opportunity for you it's called alpha in just a moment I'm going to show you a video and maybe you're at a place right now where you're have a lot of questions about Christianity maybe you're on the journey and you want to know more but you've never made a decision to become a Christian you've never made that decision to make Jesus the king of your life You don't know much about it. You want to discover more. Well, we have a class. It's going to start very soon. It's online, so no matter where you are in the world, you can join us. It's about a 12-week course that answers different questions like this one. Who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? How can I be sure of my faith? Does God still heal today? All these questions that we have. It's a great environment for you to come with your friends and talk and discuss. Now, here's the thing. For those of you who are already believers, you can't come unless you bring somebody who hasn't yet made that decision. And maybe all of you can do that. Bring somebody who who hasn't made that decision but is curious about the Christian faith. I want you to take a look at the video now pretty exciting, right? <laughs> hey, if you have friends that you want to bring, if you yourself have yet to make a decision for Jesus, but you have questions, that you love a place to come and discuss and talk, we'd love for you to register right away. You can go on our website at walnuthillcc.org and you can register. For those of you in our campuses, you can talk to some folks out in your fellowship mall or your campus pastor about this opportunity. We'd love to get you connected into it. Hey friends, before I I send you off in the campuses, before we, we close in our time of worship, I pray that for each and every one of us, God would show us more of himself in this season, that God would reveal more of himself to us, and that we would have a new level of openness to knowing the spirit of God in our life, that we might experience and encounter Jesus for ourselves, but also that we might bring heaven to earth. And I pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus himself. Amen.